Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today I have a few different questions. First one, is there a narcissism epidemic? Second, does therapy make someone with narcissistic personality disorder worse? And the third, did psychotherapy cause the rise of narcissism? So I've talked before about how I've seen a lot of content on narcissism on YouTube and other places. Some of the popular themes I see in much of this content revolves around the destructiveness of narcissism, the rise in narcissism, and the ineffectiveness of mental health treatment for individuals with NPD. So with that last point, we hear this idea that counseling treatment not only doesn't help people with NPD, but it may even make the disorder worse. Therefore, we would see more destructiveness. There's this idea that they are learning to be more effective narcissists. So what are my thoughts on each of these assertions? Do these claims make sense given what we see in the research literature? Well, the research literature and really common sense certainly support the idea that narcissism is one of the most destructive personality traits that there is. There's really little question about that. We see this repeatedly in article after article. We even see a more recent concern about narcissism at a corporate level. Narcissistic CEOs are more likely to violate the law and ethical rules, potentially costing companies millions of dollars and sometimes forcing them out of business. So we see, again, a lot of concern in this area, really not much question about the destructive potential. But what about the narcissism epidemic? Is this real? Has narcissism actually increased over the last few generations? The evidence actually does generally support the idea that narcissism has increased, although certainly some arguments can be made that the level of narcissism has not increased by much. So looking at some of the indicators of an increase in narcissism, there was a study that looked at over 35,000 Americans. They compared individuals who were over 65 to individuals in their 20s. About 3% of the over 65 group experienced NPD symptoms at some point during their lifetime, compared to over 9% to those in their 20s. Now, it's important to note here, there was a reanalysis of the data used in that study, after which the prevalence rates did drop overall, 
but that pattern didn't change. NPD symptoms were still about three times as common in people in their 20s. We see other studies where recent generations were more likely to have unrealistically elevated expectations regarding job prospects when compared to previous generations at that same age. Recent generations were more likely to have a lower level of empathy for others and less likely to donate to charity. Now, another interesting study looked at the results of the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory for Adolescents, the MMPIA. This test has 393 items on it, and they're endorsed as either true or false when somebody takes it. So we see one of the statements on this instrument is, I am an important person. We see that of all the 393 items on this test, the endorsement of this item has increased the most. Now, there was another study looking at the endorsement of the same statement, I am an important person. We see that 12% of teenagers endorsed that in 1952. 80% endorsed that statement in 1989. So narcissism is on the rise, but is it an epidemic? So an epidemic would affect an atypically large number of individuals in a population. While the best prevalence estimate that we have for NPD in the population is 1%. So it just comes down to whether 1% qualifies as atypically large. It's large enough to do a lot of damage. It's large enough to be taken seriously. I would say at this point, it is probably sizable enough to be considered to be an epidemic. But even if some were to view that word as too dramatic, that doesn't mean that narcissism is not a significant problem. Furthermore, this problem will not go away on its own. We see studies that indicate that many people who are diagnosed with NPD will not qualify for the diagnosis five or 10 years out. So does this mean they're really getting better? Well, maybe some are, but it's actually more complex than that. Traits are relatively stable over time, personality traits, but symptoms are not. A lot of the symptoms we see for personality disorders are observable behaviors. Somebody could still have the personality trait and choose not to engage in the behavior. And we think that's what's happening with NPD. Individuals with NPD are able to adapt their behavior, even though their feelings and thoughts remain the same. In essence, they get better at avoiding the symptoms that could get them in trouble. For example, not telling people about their fantasies of success. They still have the fantasies, but they might not tell people. Not being arrogant, because they know this can aggravate people. Not talking about how great they are, because again, they're trying not to aggravate people. So they've learned that these behaviors are undesirable, right? That seems to be what's happening in many of the instances where the diagnosis is no longer there. Now, what about this idea that individuals with NPD never seek treatment? Well, the prevalence in the population, as I mentioned, is 1%, and the prevalence in clinical populations is 2%. If there were a pattern where individuals with NPD were not seeking treatment, we would expect the percent of the clinical population to be lower than the percent in the general population. We know that individuals with NPD do tend to seek treatment when vulnerable traits are manifested. Even narcissists who have primarily grandiose narcissism will still have times of vulnerability. Some of the common causes for seeking treatment would be trouble in a romantic relationship. I find this one is actually remarkably common for individuals with NPD. Loneliness, depression, not functioning well at a social level, and unemployment. So narcissism is highly prevalent. Individuals with NPD seek treatment. So what's the problem? 
That's how it's supposed to work, right? People have disorders, they seek treatment, and then they get better. Well, the problem is they don't tend to improve in therapy. And the reason they don't tend to improve is a function of the nature of the disorder itself. People with NPD tend to think that their behavior, thoughts, feelings, values, and opinions are normal. This is called egocentonic. Not all personality disorders are made up entirely of egocentonic characteristics. For example, borderline personality disorder has many egodystonic characteristics, like impulsivity and a chronic feeling of emptiness. Avoidant personality disorder also has egodystonic characteristics, like a fear of rejection. So with egocentonic, the narcissist, again, believes their behaviors are normal, in line with what other people would be doing. Egodystonic, of course, means that people understand their behaviors are not normal. They're not what would be expected, and they are disruptive. So if an individual with NPD goes into therapy, and they recognize they have all these difficulties, but they don't recognize their own contribution to those difficulties, the likelihood of meaningful and long-lasting change is small. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Now, sometimes, of course, therapy can be effective. I've talked about this many times in other videos, but in general, we see that it is a challenge. But can receiving counseling actually make somebody with NPD worse in terms of their symptoms? Can it make the narcissism worse? Can a narcissist learn to be a super narcissist if they go to counseling. Let's take a look at this. The idea behind therapy in general is that you can make changes internally, the way you feel, the way you process information, your thoughts, the way you behave. And these internal changes can lead to a change in relationship quality. So relationships with important individuals in that person's life, with society in general. For most people, this makes sense. It's often an effective strategy. When working with people with personality disorders, the desired change is often something like engaging in a new behavior and discontinuing an old behavior. So both elements have to be there. For example, with paranoid personality disorder, someone may start to learn to demonstrate more empathy and perhaps learn not to express distrust of other people. If someone is narcissistic, though, therapy could lead to problems. Namely, Counseling really encourages clients to talk about themselves to the counselor. The counselor is non-judgmental. So no matter what the client says, the counselor isn't really going to have 
a negative reaction. In a sense, this is the dream of every narcissist, to be able to talk about themselves endlessly without judgment to an audience that has to listen, who wants to listen, who's actually pretty good at listening. The counselor encourages the narcissist to talk, thereby reinforcing the destructive behavioral patterns that the narcissist has. The narcissist is getting better at talking about themselves, and this is not a solution. Good counselors know that challenging the client is an important part of therapy, and so is authenticity and transparency. If a clinician recognizes that a client has a high level of narcissism, that counselor, in a sensitive way, is going to say that. A counselor has to be more than just a good listener. Unfortunately, there are some counselors out there who know how to use the listening skills, but don't know how to take therapy to the next level. And that's really important when working with NPD. Furthermore, many counselors try to include statements or techniques designed to increase the self-esteem of the clients. Now, this seems to be a natural fit with counseling practice, and at face value, it makes sense. I think for many situations, it actually makes a lot of sense. If a client has self-hate, they're down on themselves, and that's preventing them from making progress, then it makes sense to emphasize their worth. But narcissists usually don't have that problem, although when they're in a vulnerable state, they might appear to. So if there's a counselor who's not really familiar with how NPD functions, they may see these vulnerable symptoms as an indicator to start building the self-esteem of the client, but not recognize when the grandiosity returns. Because if the counselor doesn't understand NPD, they don't know that there would be an expectation that the grandiose state would return. Another problem, there's a general concept in the counseling community that all mental disorders respond essentially to the same counseling strategies. It's true that many disorders can be treated with similar methods, but personality disorders require a specialized approach, and so do many other disorders. So now with all this in mind, looking at these questions, does therapy make NPD better? Most of the time, no, but some of the time it does, and the chance of improvement is much greater when you have a counselor who understands NPD. Does therapy make NPD worse? The vast majority of the time, no. But there may be a chance, especially if they go to a clinician who does not understand NPD. It is important to recognize, though, that even with this risk that NPD could get worse, evidence supports that seeking treatment is a good idea. No studies have actually demonstrated that therapy can make NPD worse. It's just the theory we see presented in the research literature. Did poorly trained clinicians cause the narcissism epidemic, right? So did therapy cause the rise in narcissism? No. Other factors did, including permissive and over-controlling parents and the way modern culture focuses on the individual and moves away from social connectedness. There are probably many other factors contributing to narcissism as well that we don't know about. So what do we do? We have all this information about narcissism, about its destructiveness, the increase, how therapy may have an effect. What can be done about all this? Well, there are many ideas. I'll cover four here. Number one, more educational opportunities for parents, especially around the area of boundaries. Number two, stop boosting self-esteem in children, right? This one doesn't sound too good. Requires a little bit of an explanation. I remember one time I was teaching this concept and someone jumped up and said, yes, we need to stop telling children they're important. That's not what the research literature is saying. There's a difference between failing to increase self-esteem 
and telling children they have no value, right? Of course, children and all people have value. It's really a question of, should we artificially boost self-esteem? Should we artificially increase it in children? And I think that the answer is no. We shouldn't make these efforts to artificially increase it. There is a middle ground here, right? Which is to realistically assess the skills and talents that people have. And I think we've really moved away from that so much, right? There's this tendency to only want to say positive things, what we think of as good things. But pointing out that somebody has a skill when they don't have it, I don't think is a good thing. And I think it's actually part of the problem. So that's something to look out for. Number three, teach empathy. I think perhaps this is really the most important idea for combating narcissism. And number four, now here the research says to debunk the myth that narcissism leads to success. Unfortunately, it does lead to success. So I don't think that's a myth. What we need to do instead is to develop social and corporate structures that stop rewarding narcissism and encourage people who are narcissistic to seek treatment. That should be the main drive. We run into somebody who's narcissistic, we should ask them to seek treatment, encourage them about how treatment may help them, could help them with relationships, help them with other areas. Even though this can be challenging, I think this is really the way that makes the most sense. We need to start treating NPD as a real disorder. Socially isolating people with this disorder is not the solution. It has not worked. People have tried it. It doesn't work. Actively engaging them and again encouraging them to receive counseling is a much better route. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevitz. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.